SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. At work. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. And when the Wizards beat the Pacers, which they will do, and they take the 76ers to six or seven games, everyone's going to look back and say, gee, you know, Washington got the break there. You know, they, you know, they did the right thing by losing as it turned out. You know, everyone's going to be like hopping on the bandwagon later. And I'm telling you right now, your reward is facing a team that kicked your three times. It's stupid. It is. It, it's just dumb. It's Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Opposite Picks right here on Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM Channel 204 and your local radio affiliate all around the nation on this Thursday, May 20th. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott Icon, and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls right here on an Opposite Picks Thursday. Well, broken clock is right twice a day in L.A. Ho-hum, another no-hitter. Weirdness in Memphis. Wetzel Black Cloud strikes again <coughs> and again. Uh, ladies, 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 can't we all play nice? Uh, one for the ages, Jets flying high, DeMar being DeMar, Texans being the Texans. Aaron Boone listens to opposite picks. And uh, stop your crying, Rom. Uh, we'll get to all those stories, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here again <clears throat> on a Thursday, May 20th. What's up, LLs, loyal listeners? How you doing on this uh, Thursday morning? Four minutes past the hour. Here's truly taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do, Monday through Friday. Don't forget Sundays as well, but a little bit later on Sundays between 8 and 10. Well, <clears throat> we got LeBron and company going up against the Golden State Warriors, and really nothing more than an exhibition match, despite what the four-letter network and the NBA want to tell you. We got another no-hitter as the stand. Yankees throw one. Corey Kluber is no hitters are going, you know, fast and furious here. One away from setting the, uh, or at least tying the all-time record uh, for most no hitters in one season. We're at six. I told you before. I, I wish FanDuel would post a line on that uh, because uh, we, we may hit whatever line they actually post by the end of May. For goodness' sake, boy, it is just getting ridiculous. Uh, hockey craziness says our beloved Boston Bruins do win in overtime. As uh, all three Bruin Capital series have gone, or games have gone into overtime so far. Uh, so three two, they win. Craig Smith with the overtime goal. We got uh, Colorado late last night with a six uh, three win over St. Louis, grabbing a two nothing series lead. So did Carolina. And Winnipeg jumped on board of uh, Edmonton 4-1 as they grabbed the first uh, game in that series. So a lot to get to over the next uh, two hours. Uh, Phone calls, emails, tweets. We got the PGA Championship beginning in a couple of hours as well. We'll try and pick a couple of winners for you. But as we mentioned yesterday, I'm very, very upset with uh, the PGA and the boys in Vegas. I really, I love playing those uh, can't-make-the-cut bets. But they whacked those odds all the way down, no doubt because of us, because we kicked their butts uh, in the Masters. But we'll try and find a couple of winners just, just the same. 
So I think the first group uh, tease will be, I think it's around 7 o'clock or 7.30 or so. Uh, we got our guy who's uh, challenging Mr. Vegas, yours truly. <laughs> what a fool. Uh, but, uh, you know, our 16-1 to ticket on the Phoenix Suns hitting, cashed in. So he's uh, got Memphis and uh, Charlotte, or at least did have Charlotte anyway, to win it all. So he's trying to be able to win, win more money than what, uh, what we did. So a lot to get to over the next two hours. Here's truly sitting in as we welcome in our full audience on a uh, Thursday morning. Where do we begin? Uh, you know, I, I'm tired of no hitters. You, you, you and I could throw a no hitter. Uh, so we'll start with LeBron and the Lakers. You know, typical LeBron James. Yeah, even when he does something well, does something good, you know, he's got to be LeBron. He just can't be normal. It really is just amazing to me. So he hits a jumper, you know, 30-footer <clears throat> in the final minute. wasn't final seconds per se. There was 57 seconds left, 58 to be exact, 58.2 to really be exact. So he hits a three-pointer, gives the Lakers a 103-100 lead over the Warriors, uh, and the Warriors end up losing by that score. So the Golden State Warriors do cover uh, but they don't win the game. So LeBron finishes with 22 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, triple-double. Okay, not bad. But, you know, you just can't take LeBron and just, okay, you hit a nice shot with a minute left, you won the game. Fine, you're in the NBA. No, afterwards he has to say, boy, yeah, Draymond Green uh, stuck a finger in my eye and I literally was seeing three rims out there. So I just shot in the middle one that went in. Oh, please stop, stop. You know, it's just you hit a shot, all right? You're know, making forty million dollars a year, and you hit a shot, and basically an exhibition game. What's this? Not for you know the four letter network. I get it; they want to sell it. The NBA wants to sell this stuff, but it's not a game or do or die game seven NBA finals. You lose as Phoenix or as Golden State obviously did. And so you go on to face Memphis at home. Oh, by the way, with a chance to make the playoffs. So no big deal, you know. In some ways, you can make the case it's better being the number seven seed or the eight or the eighth seed, rather, anyway, in, in the Western Conference. But uh, ultimately, it, it's a meaningless game. You know, you need to win to get in one of the next two. They got this one. No doubt Golden State will beat Memphis in the next one. And there you go. And as I said before, if you can't win one of two games, then you don't deserve to be in the postseason anyway. But ultimately, what it is is just LeBron. He, he's got to be so dramatic. He's got to be, oh, well, I was seeing three rims because I got poked in the eye and I just you know aim for the middle oh, stop just say you hit the shot for goodness sake yeah he's he is such a queen man the drama you know it's an exhibition game LeBron and not to mention you should have kicked their butts you're twice the team that the Gold State is but Gold State loses the battle they win the war that they do cover the spread the four point spread or five point spread depending on when you got it all right just gonna get away opposite picks on a Thursday morning SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So many sports. So many memories. So many players. So many teams. So many great matchups. So many possibilities. Now are you this is the Sports Grid Radio Network. They get it to Caldwell Pope, almost lost it. Shot clock at seven. James, two defenders on him to Caldwell Pope inside. He's tied up by Green. Throws it back up top. James puts up the three. Oh, it's good! LeBron James from downtown as the shot clock expires. 
a desperation heave, and the Lakers are up three. Poole coming free. Curry trying to get free. Lost the ball. That's it. The Lakers are in the playoffs. The Warriors need to play on Friday. What a thriller here at the Staples Center. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Yes, you are. 13 past the hour as uh, the L.A. Lakers do get the number seven seed. So they take on the C- uh, the Phoenix Suns. They win by four. They don't get the cover unless you bought the hook. Uh, or maybe the line changed a little bit, uh, but uh, not that much. I don't think they were generally a five-point favorite. So I know the line opened at seven, so everyone that was cashing in on the Golden State early on definitely won. Uh, maybe, just maybe, not only the hook, you'd have to buy it down one point to get it to four. Which you know you could have done, or maybe the money line on uh, on uh, the Lakers, but ultimately, uh, more than likely, you lost if you bet LA uh, against the spread. Anyway, as they win at one hundred four to or one hundred three to one hundred, pretty close game. So we've now had three unders out of these four play-in games. I don't know if that's a precursor to what we're going to get in the postseason. You know, Lakers, Golden State. I'm not necessarily surprised. Sp- Memphis and Spurs yesterday. Memphis wins one hundred to ninety six. That game ended in a push for the uh, the point spread total with Memphis being favored by four. But um, th- that one really was a surprise. I, I did not. Boy, I love the over 222. Although I did think it was somewhat suspiciously low. And generally, whenever I see a line that's a little funky, I try and stay away. But other times, it's re- it's difficult, you know, because I-, I gave you the numbers yesterday. What, San Antonio had given up 120 points in eight, uh, 120 or more in eight of their last 10 games. I mean, there's just no reason to think that, you know, Memphis, which uh, isn't afraid of going up and down the court, and those guys weren't going to reach, a, you know, 222. I mean, they, they reached that by the third quarter, for goodness sakes, and not even close, not even close in, in that game, um, you know, which we'll break down here in a second a little bit more. But, gee, it's, uh, so three and one under, something just, uh, you know, I don't doubt that the, the boys in Vegas might lower these over-unders because of this. You know, they, they tend to react as the public does, and the public, it's uh, what have you done for me lately? And even though we've had a year of nothing but over, 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 overs, uh, we might get some value with these, uh, there we go with that word again, uh, in the playoffs with uh, the over-under totals. So LeBron hits a shot with uh, basically a minute left, puts L.A. up 3-103-100. You know, if you're thinking you get yourself maybe a chance for a cover, Golden State miss, you know, you get the foul, you know, you got a shot there laying five, uh, at least for the push anyway. So here, here's the NBA for you. You know, and, and this is what tells me that most of these coaches are just clueless, right? It's just they, they couldn't draw up a play if it saved their lives. So LeBron hits a shot with 58.2 seconds left. So Golden State has at least one and more than likely uh, two cracks at this thing, right? So I will tell you that uh, point spread and everything, or, uh, points-wise, Steph Curry has 37 points, shooting 12 of 23 from the floor, 6 of 9 from three-point land. So he's giving you his A game. Andrew Wiggins uh, is uh, shooting 10 of 18, albeit 1 of 5 from 3, for 21 points. Giving you, you know, for him, his A game. Ken Bazemore, on the other hand, has 10 points on 3 of 10 shooting. Draymond Green has 2 points on 5 lousy stinking shots. 
I don't know how you play 41 minutes in an NBA game and you shoot five times. Not any, any. How is that possible? Uh, come on, Looney has uh, six points. So if I told you again, Curry 37, Wiggins 21, Baysmore 10, Looney 6, and Draymond Green 2. Not that it would even necessarily matter, but given those numbers especially, who do you think on the Golden State Warriors would be taking their last shot? Oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, arguably the best player in the game today, Steph Curry, Scott? Well, I would think so. Uh, you would think so, would you not? So if, if it's not, you know, uh, I don't know, Wiggins? You know, uh, maybe uh, Wiggins? Uh, or, uh, I don't know, maybe Kent Bazemore? Would you really go to him? Maybe uh, Draymond? You know, would you would you go to his leadership? But, you know, ultimately it's got to be Steph Curry, right? No. Not the Golden State Warriors and not the genius uh, Steve Kerr. No, 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 no. We're going to trick everybody. You know, the whole world is thinking that we're going to give it to Steph, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, three-point shooters in the history of mankind. Really? And we're down three with a minute left? That would make too much sense. I'd have to draw a play. I'd have to actually draw something on my clipboard, and they'd have to actually listen to me. No, let's give it to one Jordan Poole. Who the fudge is that? Game on the line? You got one of the greatest three-point shooters, if not, honestly, the greatest three-point shooter in the history of the game, and you're giving the ball to Jordan Poole? Brick. No good. They get one more crack at it. They throw the ball away. Thank you, uh, Baysmore and Steph Curry. And uh, there's your final. Not even an opportunity for a three-point play. Wiggins did miss a shot with seven and a half seconds left as well. But uh, the main play, uh, oh, actually, no, that was in the first quarter. But, yeah, Jordan Poole. I, I mean, you, I, why? Well, maybe they were covering Steph, Scott. Well, yeah, I understand that. They may be, and I don't doubt that, you know. But here, here's the bottom line. Design a play, okay? There's something called screens. There's something called picks. There's something to call misdirection. There's something called fake to the left, go to the right, throw it to your guy. Uh, I mean, it, that's why you're a head coach, right? I mean, there's only so many opportunities for you to actually coach as a head coach in the NBA. Final minute when your team does need you to step up. You got the greatest three-point shooter in the history of the land. You're down three. You have one full possession left, and you're going to give it to Jordan Poole. The, the excuse of, well, they were double-teaming him, I'm sorry, I, I just don't buy that. I just, you know, again, you know, you have an opportunity to coach. You you knew, you know, that, okay, you had a timeout, you call a timeout, you draw up a play, and you make sure you earn your, you know, seven-figure paycheck being a head coach that you get it to the best three-pointer in the land. Instead, Warrior fans, you had Jordan Poole missing a three-pointer. Lakers get the rebound. They have to take a shot. You think it would be LeBron James, right? Maybe Anthony Davis. You got a chance to go up five? Nope. Wesley Matthews. <laughs> uh, these teams are funny. These, these teams, they, they couldn't understand coaching if it hit them in the, side, in, in the side of the face. They really couldn't. So it's Wesley Matthews taking the shot that could have clinched it for the Lakers. No good. 
Tip in, uh, no good. Draymond gets the rebound with seven seconds left. Warriors uh, take five seconds to call a timeout for some dopey reason. And uh, then Kent Bazemore throws the, the ball away. And uh, there you go. That's the end of the game. 103-100. Lakers win, but they don't cover. And there is, uh, you know, Steph Curry. He's got to be saying, unbelievable. Uh, I couldn't uh, I couldn't get it. You know, couldn't, couldn't get an opportunity. Amazing. That's the image. Now, again, it's a meaningless game, so who cares? But if you're the Warriors, if you got them on the money line, uh, whatever the case may be, you would have thought for sure somehow, some way, he was going to get an opportunity to tie that game up. Memphis did beat the San Antonio 196. You know, this is why the Toronto Raptors uh, got rid of one DeMar DeRozan. Last night's game was the reason why. I'll tell you why when we come back. NBA play-in games. So far, uh, if the ratings for the first day is anything like uh, for last night, successful. If you, if you want to judge it on how many people are watching. Opposite picks on a Thursday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Got to the basket and got it off glass. Here's Morant. Little floater game is pure. Wow. The lead down to two. Cross court to a wide open Anderson. Oh, they caught the Spurs napping. Great find by John Morant. Brooks with the pull up. Missed everything. Valanchunas there to scoop it. Has kept them attached for stretches. He has made some timely buckets. Morant with the left. Light work. Gets it back to Morant. Steps back for three. Way off. Bain with the putback. And put it to bed. So Memphis with a win now. will take on the loser of our next game between the Lakers and the Warriors. NBA TV. Uh, I think that was uh, TNT last night. I kind of no, that was the, the four-letter network. I <clears throat> had both the games. So Lakers win 103-100. Memphis wins 100 to 96. So it'll be Memphis versus Golden State tomorrow with the winner of that game going into the number eight slot. The Lakers last night uh, got the number seven slot. So again, you know, you could kind of pick and choose. You know how I feel about the Eastern Conference. I, I think it's clearly easier being the number eight seed. And we have Boston later on, or excuse me, we have Washington later on tonight <clears throat> entertaining the Indiana Pacers with the winner getting the eight spot, loser being out. Uh, in, in the Western Conference, I don't think it's that, that big a deal. The only edge might be you get to play Denver or Portland in the second round versus the L.A. Clippers, who have the potential to be an NBA champion, I suppose, uh, in the second round. So you'd rather have the Denver-Portland uh, player. But uh, other than that, you know, pick your poison, Utah and Phoenix Suns. But this is what I was speaking, though. You know, isn't it funny? It, it's just amazing how they uh, they seem to know. You know, we I mentioned this with about two weeks left in a regular season. 
And I kept on saying, this doesn't make any sense. We, we brought it up on a show numerous times. I said, why are the Phoenix Suns 16 to 1 to win the championship? Right? Remember that? When they had an identical record, basically, as the Utah Jazz. Albeit the Jazz were in first place with the number one seed, but literally the Suns were basically a game behind. They were going flipping, flopping, whatever, and, and, and you didn't know who was going to win. You didn't know where the Lakers were going to end up. Uh, they could have been as low as an eight seed. They could have been a seven seed. They could have got the six seed. You really had no – they could have got the fifth seed as well. You really had no idea with LeBron and AD being hurt, playing games, not playing games. And, you know, the Suns were 16-1 to when all the other teams were basically 6-1. to The Utah Jazz, Denver, I think, was like 8-1. to All those teams in those categories, right? <coughs> Clippers. So what's that got to do with the Lakers? Because it almost seemed like somehow or another they knew the Phoenix Suns were going to be playing the L.A. Lakers. Not the Golden State Warriors. Not the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Certainly not the San Antonio Spurs. It's almost like somehow or another they knew the road to the NBA championship was going to have to go through the Lakers in the first round. And lo and behold, it is. I mean, it, that that's the only explanation that I could come up with as to why the Suns were 16 to 1 and everyone else was in that 6 to 7 to 8 to 1, right? I mean, they had the second best record, only a game off. They got the, you know, it's not like they, they came necessarily out of the blue second half of the season. I mean, they've been good from the start. They got Chris Paul. They got Booker. I told you, they got all the pieces, I think, to make a serious run here. It just, it never, it just didn't make any sense. And lo and behold, when everything is said and done, they have to go through the Lakers. And now that 16 to 1, now I get it. But we know that now on May 20th, seems like FanDuel and the boys in Vegas knew that on May 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. How? I don't know. You know, I don't know, but somehow or another, it worked out to perfection, you know? They're not playing Golden State. They're not playing Memphis. They're not playing San Antonio. They are playing the Lakers. Isn't it funny how it works out in the end to be perfect, huh? <laughs> how did they know? Very weird. So one thing Toronto Raptor fans knew is that DeMar DeRozan disappears in playoff games, hence him being uh, basically kicked out of Toronto in that Kawhi Leonard trade. And lo and behold, did it again. You know, this guy's a terrific regular season player. He is. But he may even make the Hall of Fame, you know, with the dopey basketball Hall of Fame when everything is said and done. But last night, did it again. Five of 21 from the floor. Now, he ended up with a seemingly respectable 20 points, but that's because he was 10 of 11 from the free throw line. But more importantly, 5 of 21. Miss shot after miss shot after miss shot after miss shot. Another playoff, if you will, type of game. And another failure for DeMar DeRozan. It's amazing. You, you, you can't change the tiger stripes as the saying goes. Uh, I don't doubt for a second Toronto would not have won that championship if he was part of that team. 
I don't know if they had the choice between Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. I don't know if they ultimately went to San Antonio and said, all right, take your choice. We'll give you one. We're not going to give you two. So you pick one. And they chose DeRozan because um, for whatever reason. I I don't know. Uh, But ultimately, they got rid of the right guy because he came up lame again. And watching that game last night, I I don't understand it. I, I really don't. Listen, the NBA, it's been a bore. No two ways about it. Up and down. No defense whatsoever. These guys couldn't spell defense. Never mind play it. But it is what it is. I mean, that's what got you there, right? You know, you're uh, in the play-in situation because you went up and down the court. And then last night, they're walking the ball up the court. And I'm saying to myself, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, you you play 72 games, uh, you know, running up and down the court albeit not exactly successful, but that's what it is. And then now now you decide to walk the ball up the court. They fell behind 38-19 after one. They started the second quarter, uh, basically anyway, on a 17-0 run to get themselves right back in. And from that point on, it was a close game. So I give them credit for that. But it's, it's one of those games that if you lose, you say to yourself, why are we walking the ball up the court? Why are we running sets? I mean, we, our, our season was based on running and gunning, and they didn't do it last night. Uh, Rudy Gay, you know, if not for him, they really would have stunk. Uh, he had 20 points coming off the bench, 8 of 21 in just 27 minutes. DeRozan, by the way, along with his uh, 5 of 21 shooting, minus 11 in the plus-minus rating. You know, so when he was on the court, they were outscored by 11 points. The starters were basically getting crushed. The reserves came through, whether it's Patty Mills or Rudy Gay, a couple of the others. Uh, th- those are the guys that really kind of kept San Antonio winning. And um, they end up losing. You know, you, you lose a game when you play your style, okay. But when you lose a game and you don't play your style, it's it's like, what, what was the point of that? And I got to tell you, I was ready to gag. I didn't know if Doris Burke was going to jump over the stadium uh, wall there and then just uh, go have sex with Dylan Brooks at midcourt. My God, she she couldn't stop raving about this guy. Holy crow. She made him seem like he was the greatest thing since the, the next coming of Mr. Vegas. I mean, all right, he had a good game, 24 points. But, oh, my, she wouldn't shut up about this guy. It was like, all right, take it easy. I mean, my goodness. So anyway, Memphis wins. Now they got to beat Golden State, a team they lost to last Sunday. Um, and I'll give you the point spreads here uh, in a second. <clears throat> Excuse me, in a second. So Lakers win. They get the number seven. Memphis now Golden State tomorrow. And it's uh, Washington and Indiana later on tonight. On the ice. So we gave you the Wetzel Black Cloud. It struck again. We put Washington in our six-team parlay, number 25, I think it was. And uh, Capitals held a 2-1 lead in the third and uh, Boston scores with about eight minutes or so left. They tie the game, goes to overtime. Craig Smith, overtime winner. Awful, awful play by Washington in their own end. Uh, they just gave the puck up behind the net, and uh, easy goal for Smith, and Boston takes a 2-1 series lead. So the Wetzel Black Cloud putting uh, the Capitals in our 16 parlay uh, definitely hit there. Boston and Washington now have have got 12 straight playoff games that have been decided by one goal. All three of these playoff games this year uh, have gone to overtime and uh, make it 12 straight. That's a record for uh, most one-goal playoff games uh, in a row for two teams. So another good game 
Boston wins three to two, and again they take a uh, a two one series lead. It's a beautiful thing. So black cloud number one striking on the Capitals. Uh, black cloud number two. Colorado beat St. Louis last night six to three. One of our uh, shots on goal props, Nazim Kadre, two and a half. He's got two. We got thirteen minutes left to go in the third. It's a three one game. So we got a pretty good chance of him getting at least one more. I would think, right? Yeah, he gets ejected from the game. I could, you know, I'm looking at the box score, and I'm seeing him play like 12 minutes, and I'm like, gee, he didn't play that much. He, you know, he's one of their best players. Why is he playing only 10, 12 minutes, whatever it was? And uh, then I read the story, and it's like, ah, oh, you mope. Well, well, what are you doing? You're hitting a guy in the head, Justin Falk, cheap shot. He's coming down center ice, uh, or at least center of the ice. They're in the, the Colorado end. And uh, he ends up whacking him in the head. Just crushes him. Blindside hit. That's it. You're out of here. Eddie leaves with two shots on goal with an over-under of two and a half. Ugh, fudge. We did well again, though, with our shots on goal. Not bad. We'll let you know all the winners when we come back that we gave out yesterday, both on the ice and in Major League Baseball. And a no-hitter in baseball. Oh, by the way. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ground ball to Gleyber Torres. And then I'll do it. A no-hitter for Corey Kluber. On a Wednesday night in Texas, Kluber becomes part of forever. Paul, you've played in three perfect games. You almost came within one batter of announcing a perfect game. Corey Kluber tonight was absolutely magnificent. Phenomenal. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Yeah, Yankees Radio Network there with the call. Yeah, yeah, so what? Uh, you know, it's part of our poll question today. Uh, what's getting, uh, you know, so uh, old that it's almost gotten to the point of, like, who cares? And, and to me, Major League Baseball no-hitters, uh, they've taken the fun out of it. They really have. I mean, it's the sixth one. We're one away from tying the Major League record for most in a season. Uh, it's getting old in sports, our poll question. A little popcorn radio. Baseball no-hitters, uh, Mr. Vegas shots on goal winners, which we continue to give out, or LeBron whining slash drama. Uh, I just posted it up there, and already LeBron uh, leading the way with 77% of the vote, albeit with nine votes, but that's okay. But go to your Opposite Picks feed uh, on Twitter, get your vote in. And uh, we'll update that a few times before we are through. Yeah, so, you know, he goes the distance, obviously. No hitter. 2 nothing over the Texas Rangers, who have been no hit twice already this year. So it's not like, uh, you know, he's mowing down the 1927 Yankees or the uh, 1986 Red Sox. So he walked one, so he didn't get the perfect game. So that went out the window. And it's, it, it's just whatever. I mean, the announcers can go gaga over it if they want. I, and I get it. You know, uh, that's their team. So I, I wouldn't expect anything less. But, you know, eventually I would think 
it would come to the point where it's just like, all right, well, whatever. They just didn't get a hit this, this time around. I mean, I don't even think there's any more embarrassment about it. You know, there used to be you'd be embarrassed. You know, the thought it was always coming up, you know, the debate, should you try for a bunt in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning of a no-hitter? And, uh, and by the way, the walk came in the third, so it went out the window early as far as the perfect game goes. Now that the, the no-hitter now is the perfect game. Now you throw a perfect game, then, okay, not bad. You throw a no-hitter, it's like, well, whatever. Eh, no big deal. Rangers have been no-hit twice already this year. Eh, no big deal. Seattle twice. Cleveland, I think, twice. Eh, no big deal. Well, whatever. Um, you know, we didn't get a hit, so what? Let's go to Burger King afterwards. So there, there's no more embarrassment. There's no more debate, should I bunt? It's just whatever. Uh, you know, we lost the game, and it happened to be a no-hitter. So we'll end up, like I said, I, and I mentioned this week two uh, after we got our second one, week three, whatever it was, the floodgates have been open on no hitters, and it's it's taken the luster away. I, I don't care anymore. Um, you know, when you look at, as I pointed out the other day, Spencer Turnbull, Joe Musgrove, uh, Wade Miley, Carlos Rodon, John Means, uh, Corey Kluber coming off Tommy John surgery. I mean, it's a bunch of nobodies. You know, at least Kluber's, Kluber's got some history. But if Wade Miley at 89 and 88 is your, your best pitcher uh, for no hitters, it, it just goes to show you anybody, anybody but anybody can uh, throw a no hitter. So he struck out nine. He walked one. Um, you know, he struggled to start. He has pitched well his last four outings. He's now four and two, you know, ERA under three. And, uh, you know, so what? Eh. I, I always remember uh, my an old PD, you know, when after a no-hitter a few years back. Uh, he said, oh, you got to be talking about the no-hitter. You got to talk about it. You got to talk about it. It's like, all right, well, what do you want me to say? You got a no-hitter. I can't break down every single hit. You know, you want to break down every single out? I mean, after a while, it's just like, all right. He got an no-hitter, you know, and then now even more so. It, it's just, who cares? I'd rather debate dopey Tony Larusa. I hope FanDuel comes up with a prop first manager, not necessarily fired, because I don't think they're going to fire him, but you mark this down right now as we approach 45 minutes past the hour on a Thursday, May 20th. Tony Larusa will not be managing the Chicago White Sox by the All-Star break. You mark it down. They'll come up with some kind of agreement. You know, he's walking away. Uh, we don't want to fire you. That that would look awful. You know, we, ju- we just hired you one. You're in first place, too. But there's going to be a mutiny on that White Sox team. They're going to go to management, and they're going to say, we don't want this guy. All right? We got a good team. We're in first place. We're playing well. It's not because of some 9,000-year-old manager who's an old coot. It's because we're good. Put some guy in there that's going to be on our side. He, 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 I don't know what he's thinking. Maybe he's not thinking. Maybe this is just an example of him being literally a 76-year-old man. But I don't care what he necessarily believes in. He, he's, it's almost like he's purposely trying to piss off his club. It's almost like he signed a contract. He, I, you know, they don't really reveal baseball manager salaries. It's not like players. They're not part of the Players Association, obviously, who, you know, leak their salaries. Managers don't. But, you know, the guess is he's making between 3 and $4 million a year. That's what, you know, respected managers make in baseball. So he's making a pretty good piece of change. But I think at 76, 
reality has sunk in, and he's saying to himself, myself, I don't want to be here, you know. Um, you know, I'm a hell of a lot closer to death than I am, you know, birth. I, I, you know, it was fun. It was a good idea, but it's, nah, I'd rather be home with the nagging wife to tell you the truth. And what does that say about me? So do I want to quit? No, 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 no. I don't want to give up that three, $4 million salary. I know that I don't want to do. So I want to get fired. All right. Well, I can't get fired because we're good. So how, how am I going to get fired then? Well, I got to come up with some kind of controversies. I, I got to do something. And I think he chose this. Otherwise, he, the man can't be stupid, right? I mean, he's every single day he's coming out and he's ripping his own team, <laughs> not the opposition. He's ripping his own team with this uh, home run on a 3-0 count. I mean, you can't be that blind. You're going to alienate that locker room. The other day, it was Lance Lynn. You know, they were going back and forth on whether, uh, um, what's the say, uh, 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 whatever, you know, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, for me, should have hit the home run on the 3-0 count. And, um, you know, they said, no, it shouldn't have happened. Uh, back and forth they go on whether it should have been done or not. And uh, he says, well, you know, I'm the manager and he shouldn't have done it. He won't do it again. And the player says, well, yes, I am because that's me. And then LaRusa fires back, says, well, you know what? Uh, I'm the manager, so you're not going to do it. Mercedes, um, you, you know, you're not going to do it again. And then uh, a pitcher, Lance Lynn, chimes in. Well, there are no rules. You know, a White Sox pitcher, by the way, there are no rules when a position player is pitching, which is what I said and which a lot of people have said. Uh, the more I play this game, says Lynn, the more. Those unwritten rules have gone away, to which LaRusso responded, well, Lance has a locker and I have an office. I don't agree. Basically telling you stay in your lane. But, you know, you could pull rank all you want. Bottom line is, though, Lance Lynn makes $8 million this year, uh, Tony, and you make about three or four. But even more so than that, it's like, well, what else can you do to piss off your own players? I mean, even if you are old school and even if you do think it's wrong, to swing at a 3-0 pitch up 15 to 4. Who cares? Who cares? The other team wasn't that pissed off. They may be a little irked, but you know what? You're you're down 15 to 4 and you're putting in an outfielder or a reserve infielder to pitch. Anything can happen. So what? I mean, and he's throwing basically underhanded pitches up there. And, and now you got a couple of your, your own guys coming out saying, don't leave it alone and don't worry about it. it it's fine. And then you're gonna alienate those guys. I'm telling you. Those players are going to go to the owners. They're going to go to the front office, and they're going to say, get this guy out. And, again, they're not going to fire him. But a fan duel, sometimes they have this. In fact, they do have this almost every year in the NFL, first guy fired. If they had one in baseball, first guy outed, uh, it is going to be Tony LaRusso. And I'm telling you right now, I'm going to make the prediction by the all-star break, and I think it could happen within the next two weeks. I think it's going to be over this. This is not dying down, and I, I think ultimately, even within the next two weeks, there there might be a change. I would not be surprised right now for the White Sox management just to start making a list of like, uh-oh, we need to find a manager. Where are we going to go? I don't know who's on the staff that might be able to handle that, but uh, my money would be on LaRusso first one out for sure. I mean, you got other managers talking about it. Um, and oh, by the way, Aaron Boone clearly must listen to opposite picks because he said, as I've been suggesting for a couple of months now, 
I'm not saying I'm for it, he says. I'm just saying it's worth discussing because then you don't have to worry about up six runs. Am I allowed to steal? Am I allowed to do this? Am I allowed to do that? Um, Is this going to make the guy mad? No, we're just going to get to that point. What's he referring to? The mercy rule, as I've been saying for the last couple of months. Just allow the opposition to quit. And if you don't quit, then we're playing the game. You know, if you want to quit, I would make sure you got to go at least seven innings. But after the seventh inning, you know, when it gets ridiculous and you got double headers that only go seven innings, right? I mean, so it's not like it's some foreign concept. Oh, we can't play nine innings. What are you kidding? Every game's got to go nine innings. No, we, we don't play nine innings for a double header. So after the seventh inning, the team that's trailing by whatever, seven, eight, nine, ten runs, you have the ability to quit. And if you don't, then play on. If you do, like I'm sure Minnesota probably would have that other, you know, that day, 15 to four, ninth inning. You know, when it gets that ridiculous, I don't think a team ultimately would quit down seven or eight. But when it gets to the point where you're more concerned about using a pitcher, God forbid he should throw, you know, uh, 10, 15 pitches. Oh, my. You know, that'll, that'll ruin him for his career. When you're at the point where you're ready to throw in a, a middle, uh, an outfielder or uh, a reserve infielder versus a pitcher, then you, then you quit. So I've been saying that for a couple of months. I brought it up before all this nonsense, and Boone apparently agrees. Although he says he's not necessarily for it, but he is at least willing to discuss it, which I'm okay. And that, that might be the best sign that it's in reality could happen. You know, when you got a guy that says he's not really for it, but he does think it's a pretty good idea. Texas manager Chris Woodward is chiming in as well, saying he's all for uh, not having unwritten rules. And I guess uh, one of his guys, uh, Fernando Tati, hit a home run against one of his guys last year, uh, if you remember, which I do, up 14-3, to and he got all pissed off about it. And now he says he's changed his tune. So, hey, listen, it's baseball. Get the guy out. It's as simple as that. But this is causing enough of a controversy Outside of the Chicago White Sox locker room, I can only imagine what it's doing inside that locker room. And I'm telling you, FanDuel puts up a prop, first manager out, Tony La Russa. And, and I think it's going to happen, I'll say officially by the All-Star break, but in reality, if it's going to happen over this, it's probably going to happen within the next week or so. So I, I wouldn't be surprised that this time next week uh, or even two weeks that he is out. Baseball yesterday, Red Sox win. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, Stankies do win, obviously, thanks to the no-hitter. But uh, the Red Sox maintain their one-game lead over the Devil Dogs. Blue Jays fall to one-and-a-half back. Stanks stay one-and-a-half back. And the Orioles uh, are now uh, eight games out, falling faster and faster and faster into the hole, as known as the AL East. All right, we'll take a break, come back. We'll update the poll question and give you some of the baseball plays from yesterday. Next hour, we got a slew of plays that we want to do every single day. We'll check out our premium plays, and uh, we'll look at the uh, NHL uh, shots on goal props that we gave out yesterday. Another productive winning day from yours truly, Mr. Vegas. All coming up, opposite picks on a Thursday morning, Sports Good Radio, Sirius XM 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Ah, yes. Hour number one. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. It's getting old in sports. Uh, LeBron whining and drama, you know, with him building a game-winning shot, you know, God forbid, he only makes $35, $40 million a year. You know, you act like, oh, my God, you know, you actually had a shot. Yeah, I I would think uh, making that kind of money, you can make a shot with a minute left, not in the closing seconds, mind you. Uh, But then afterwards, he's got to talk about how he got poked in the eye and he couldn't see. What a... God, what what a drama queen. What an absolute... Just hit the shot and just play ball, right? Just just take the winning shot and, and, you know... Isn't it amazing how LeBron continues to be the drama queen and uh, James Harden has really... I, I am amazed with Harden. You know, it's getting to the point where I can't remember another... And we'll get into the hockey props uh, everything uh, next hour. I can't remember another guy that changed his image so quickly. Uh, A-Roy did, but that took even a couple of years, and that took the four-letter network uh, to forget about the fact he made a career sticking needles in his ass. But James Harden, you know, it, it was, what, four or five months ago? He's begging his way out of Houston. He's saying we suck and we're not any good and we can't win and I won out. And he's sitting there at these press conferences acting like a mope. You know, and the whole world is like, uh, I, I tell you, if I had a dollar for every time I heard an MVP voter before he got hurt say, well, you know, I, I want to vote for Harden, but gee, it, it, he didn't really handle himself too well in Houston. You know, I'd be a rich man. And now they got a picture of him the other day. He wasn't playing against Cleveland, and he's drinking a smoothie on the sidelines, uh, which, you know, generally who cares, right? But, yeah, you know, in NBA, and you're not playing, you know, you're kicking back, chilling out. You know, I remember LeBron drinking his wine that he got criticized, and rightfully so. But for Harden, they're they're loving it, saying, oh, yeah, and then he's, you know, talking about how great smoothies are and this and that. And, you know, you, you took a 50-50 situation that easily, easily he could have been ripped for. And they're laughing with him. He really, his image has changed dramatically, thanks to, I think, the dopiness of Kyrie Irving. I'll <laughs> tell you the truth. Hour number two, opposite picks coming up next. 